what's going on everybody welcome back to another edition of swing the twig it's not the normal voice you're hearing when you first tune into the podcast Tommy franks unfortunately is in vancouver i think uh he is yep. with his in play live squad uh having a good old time uh with them bonding betting profiting Mm-hmm. All, all all of that good stuff. But nevertheless, we are here. I am back. I've kind of been off and on the last couple of weeks with personal things and just busy just with other things. But I'm here this week with Dom and Jeff. They're in Tommy's studio with Tommy not there. So how are you guys doing and how does it feel to be in kind of the, the home base without the home body? We taking over. We're taking over. Yeah, good stuff. It's uh, interesting, Tommy. We miss you. We know you're listening, bud, because you also have to, uh, you know, you're the editor at uh, Master at work. Um, you know, it's a little weird. Uh, but however, his mom, of course, welcomes us with open arms, and his dogs, especially Jeter, <laughs> opened me with welcome arms. That guy had the biggest smile on his face after barking at me for like ten minutes. But uh, so far, so good. We've somehow managed to figure out how to set up, kind of everything here and here we are the three of us for this week yeah we got a lot to talk about starting with uh with your big superstar it came to a shock to everybody uh that heard the news jeff hasn was the first first to break it uh fernando tatis unfortunately has since suspended 80 games for violating lb's uh, anti-drug policy uh he deposited for peds and uh it has become known as the drug to basically ruin your career or in essence, your legacy in the game. And for it to happen to Tatis at 23 years old, it sucks because now he's just going to just not have, I hate to say this and Dom, you know, I'll have, I'll let you speak, but he kind of has nothing to really, I would say nothing to look forward to, but right. The hall of fame case is over. He's not getting in. I thought it was over already when Padre fans were like telling me and like having debates, is Tatis already a Hall of Famer? I kind of said like slow it down. The kid's young, but also he's injury prone as much as I love watching him. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone's a Hall of Famer, it's the newly acquired Juan Soto. And of course, I think Manny Machado, who's going to be the current and only player right now as we speak in this decade to have 3,000 hits or more. Uh, otherwise than that, Tatis, I just don't think he will be a Hall of Famer. And, uh, it's just tough. It's it's just very tough as the Marlins also take back a lead. That's also very tough to watch. Um, so, yeah, it's it's difficult. Uh, his father, Tatis Sr., spoke about this in regards to uh, the suspension and the whole ringworm, whether that's true or not. And then when it came down to everything, he's going to quickly already. He already is serving his 80-game suspension, and it does include the playoffs. It does include the playoffs. So the deeper the Padres make it, uh, the playoffs do count out some games for Tatis's 80 games. But he's still missing part of 2023 because even it, Mm -hmm. even it, because I did the math. So he's missing roughly 50 games. There's a a max, right? You got to win, let's see, five seventh that says 14 like 19 games max let's say max right they go deep in every single series that's 19 yeah so he's missing extra he's probably missing probably the first maybe 15 games next season yeah it's actually max if yep. not it's 30 yeah but but let me ask you this the whole ringworm excuse what do you make of that people have you know that was what he said in his statement we've heard insiders say 
that is just a bunch of BS and that he needs to be a man and mature and basically say, yep, I effed up and everything like that. Or do you, or do you believe it? Because there was, there is also reports saying that, you know, up until this test, every other test came back clean. Yeah. So yeah. there's also, there's also that stretch where it's like, technically he didn't, he never juiced when he was playing. You yeah, think maybe he's yeah. using the fact that maybe it could speed up his recovery? Because I, I do get it, right? He's probably itching to play, but he was so mm -hmm. close. Like he was right there. He was. And I don't believe it, nor do I not believe it, right? I'm in the middle because I feel like the whole ringworm, the father was coming out saying he got it from uh, a haircut appointment, which it could happen. I mean, you know, you don't clean those, you know, the razors and stuff. Who knows? It's, it's pretty gross. Wrestlers get it all the time with, you know the, the the sweaty mats and stuff so here's my take on that um i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't know because my issue today is that when like any kind of prescri prescription or drug there's so much shit in there that you like don't don't even think about like to where it could have been that clobber stall whatever it's called uh in there that you don't think of there's so much nonsense in every kind of prescription and stuff now to where mm -hmm. in this decade compared to ones in the past maybe he was mistaken maybe he wasn't i think he truly does know he is talented enough not in having to take those or not needing those because he already had the power unlike bonds until you had to take the roids in order to produce that well well, well 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 bonds could do it it's just i think the fact that and this is because of bonds's ego and wanting mm -hmm. to be the best in the face of the sport even though in my opinion right in the captain documentary that I mean, Jeter became the face of the sport because of in which how many rings he won in that time, right? You you go on a three, you go on a three peak, you're gonna be the face of the sport. But I think mm -hmm. Bonds didn't need it, right? If you look at his numbers before he got to San Francisco and maybe a mm -hmm. couple years right when he got there, maybe before the nineteen ninety nine season, ninety eight season, I mean he was he's he's in the Hall of Fame. Let's just yeah, put it out he there. Didn't need it. The moment two thousand hit, it was just like, All right, dude, what are you doing? That was just he was just putting up numbers that you're just never gonna see again. Yeah. So it's, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't need it either, but he did it because of what other players were doing and how it was affecting his image. When in reality, he didn't need it. And, and if he never did do it, he'd be revered. But now he's not because yeah. of, you know, what he did. And it sucks because even A Rod kind of said to, um, said on the Caracas, that's why I mentioned it before we on the show, is that as much as we talked about kind of the Jeter, Thing that they that was main this was the main storyline that whole thing he brought up the tatis thing and said he wished that people like tatis learned from a rod's stupidity in the 2000s right? right he was kind of the poster child for the the stare even though a lot of people did it jose canseco was kind of the person that started mark mcguire did it rafael mm -hmm. palmero everything but a rod was the poster child for this drug because he was front and center in new york he lied on national television on 60 minutes to Katie Couric. Yep. He had the press conference in 09 when he admitted he did it in Texas. He got suspended in 2014. So you learn that you look at that from a, from like a fan or a potential player, like, okay, let me not do that because you understand the consequence where it ruined his legacy and he's never getting into the hall of fame, even though he's kind of reshaped his image. It took a lot of work and he'll admit, and he admitted that he said, I effed up. Yeah. And, and people still make fun of him to this day. I call him a Royd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he, he just needs to own it, and he just wishes that Tatis would would have learned from that. Right. Yeah, it, and, it's tough. Yeah, and to, 
it, it's such a weird thing. Like something like ringworm, like it's not something you really hear. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's something that's ever that's ever been said for MLB as yeah that's why I was taking PEDs you know so it, it's such a weird alibi that like you want to believe it and think he's telling the truth but at the same time like for it to fly under the radar of himself the team doctors and his personal doctors for no one to pick up and say hey this has PEDs you can't use this mm-hmm. you know it I, I, I find it hard to believe that it would go unnoticed by all of those checkpoints that Tatis should have with him, especially right now trying to nurse back from that injury. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I know a lot of people have also said, you know, as much as it's Tatis' fault, and I don't know, and this is probably be the last thing we talk about before we move on, is that people are also kind of blaming the Padres organization and Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. of this i mean do you guys put the blame on them because i mean you know jeff you brought the point of the whole like how does it get past the doctors right like do you think they have are they partly to blame of it or would you guys solely put it on tatis for this um, i mean well our medical team does suck because everyone goes on the 60 day ale anyway but uh now well real talk yeah i want i really wonder because like how did all this happen they had to like monitor tatis somehow with having to get him in shape for, you know, going back to rehab and stuff and getting him ready. And it's just weird, man. It's just weird. At the end of the day, I'm over it. I don't think we're going to win with or without him this year. And in fact, I have a repeat still to this day, especially with the news that we got to talk about later consisting of the Dodgers. But, you know, it's just like, all right, into next year. The thing that just makes it frustrating is that we have Soto for two and a half years, including this year, making it the rest of the half year. So two more years, unless they extend him, even at that, the window is just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Now with Tatis uh, in his suspension, tighter. After this year, Clevenger and Martinez are free agents. Next year, Darvish and Snell are free agents. What happens to all of them? This window is like this. And I think this Padres team not being known to contend within a lot of their franchise years are understanding this really quickly and they're getting pissed. I mean, Clevenger, Musgrove, Preller all said stuff, of course, uh, about Tatis. He will learn from it, has to learn from it when it comes to not just Manny Machado being a captain, but Juan Soto, who is just like, you know, 23 years old, is very mature for his age, which is very shocking. He will definitely have a good pep talk. Uh, They just can't create tension because I didn't like what Musgrove and Clevenger had to really say. Uh, so that was a little disappointing. Yes, it's disappointing in Tatis, but you mm-hmm. can't create tension at all mm-hmm. when he comes back in the clubhouse because he should be back in the clubhouse with an update Friday, tomorrow, maybe sometime, sometime soon. Relatively soon, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the big thing is that as like, I, and, and that's the other thing too is, right? Mike Clevenger, I think, was very... He was pissed. I mean, you could see it. I know probably, you know, Juan Soto and other people are, you know, they have, they probably put up a front. But Mike Clarenger basically said, yeah, like, I'm mad. Because it, it sucks because it's like it's a distraction, right? And it's just like this this takes away from what the team is doing, mm-hmm. right? And it's just that, like, he hasn't been there. Um, based on what he said, maybe he hasn't been as community, uh, like communicating well with them even when he was away. 
doing right. what he had to do, you know, which isn't the greatest thing, considering that you are kind of in ways the franchise player. So that's also not good either. So, I mean, there's, there, there's a lot to unfold, and I'm sure more will unfold uh, in the coming weeks and everything. But, yeah, it just sucks to see because this guy was supposed to be the face of baseball, right? He was supposed to be one of the guys, right? It was between the documentary, and, everything. Yep. Yeah, right. There was – there was it was a him. Was it – is it – is it judge? Is it, is it Soto? Right. There was, you know, is it going to still be trout? Like, but now you just kind of put him in yeah. like, he's no longer in that conversation anymore. Unfortunately. No, luckily enough, we got Soto. He had a really good documentary too. He got the Soto shuffle, everything like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, thank goodness. Just, you know, what pisses me off one last thing before we finally move on. It's the whole Padre fan base saying that's not my shortstop, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. You're going to be upset. You can let that out. But the minute he comes back and starts hitting RBIs, gets home runs, they're going to be cheering him on. Those same people that just regretted him. I personally do think that. So say all you want now. He's just got to keep doing what he does uh, when he comes back on the field at some point. And if San Diego will at least forget about all that. Yeah, because that's the same thing with A-Rod. I, I wouldn't I didn't say a lot of people were like that in 09. Then the moment he snacked three and a hundred and basically mm-hmm. carried us to a World Series and Matsui finished it off, people would probably say, that's my third baseman. I mean, I was nine when they went on the run, but I'm sure people were like that in that same yep. way where they hated him in the beginning. He produced when they needed it and all was forgotten when they won the ring. So yep. that's yep. how it is. But uh, moving on from that, and that was that was a lot to co- un- un- uncover. I think because it's kind of the 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 news line that's been a headlining baseball. Um, yeah, um, you know. and we we actually got something that might be headlining baseball um, tomorrow potentially. Um, so, and this is breaking news as we're recording this. The Yankees, who are right now in danger of going two and eleven for the last thirteen. Mm, yeah, I, I know group. exactly what you're gonna say. Yep. Rumor has it, and it's being reported across the league now, that they are going to call up Estevan Florial from AAA. Good. I did see that hit my phone, and I was very pleased because I have been saying this for months. Bring up the kid. I'm sick and tired of them just bringing him up and then bringing him back down. They did it last year. I I was like, all right, fine, you know, whatever, but... I've seen this guy. This guy produced, right? And Peraza's producing. They're coming. Peraza, Volpe, I don't know. Volpe, I think, I don't know. He might make the jump from double A to, to the majors, but he's coming. And I think you got, and look, what we saw last night from Aaron Hicks was unacceptable. Yep. Okay. You five ball to deep center. You're the center fielder. That is your prime position. You need to make that play. Un- unacceptable and then and then bases loaded one out okay the worst thing that could happen that we don't need is a double play and what do you do the worst double play possible where they get the out at home like like when i saw the little dribbler i was like you've got to be kidding me he has no balance he has no center balance he can't tie his leg kick up at all his arms are flailing. Like he, there's no, there's no structure in the way he is presenting himself in, in the box. And I think haters can just do whatever they want. And at some point, even though the contract is big, I, I think we just got to eat it. 
I mean, don't you think so, Jeff? Right? Just eat the deal. Yeah. It, it's it it it's yeah. It, you you have ridiculous. to. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you have to now. And I I I've been trying to defend Hicks as much as humanly possible this season because he he hasn't gotten hurt up until the past month or so, along with the rest of the team. Really, he was doing pretty decently you know his defense was still there he was starting to produce a little bit offensively at the plate and now all of a sudden he's regressing back to the Aaron Hicks that that we're so used to you know mm-hmm. so yeah there there's there's only so much defending the guy you can do until you realize maybe the dude just sucks and he's just not cut out for the spot that we thought he would be cut out for yeah. um the the other thing with this is and I'm I'm concerned how they're going to open up a roster spot because to me this means that DJ is going to go on the IL for an extended period of time um probably 15 30 day IL minimum if they're going to be able to make this move um so that that's concerning to me um and I'm also going to wonder how they're going to plug him up plug up that gap in the infield because he can play everywhere there we're losing our utility man if that's the case so yeah. i i i don't know what cashman's gonna do in terms of that um i don't know he they might send down tim lacastro in order to pull up floreal i'm not sure and then they pull up somebody else uh you know maybe volpe i don't know to fill in that spot yeah because i mean because and also to stan is you know i think he's getting pretty close I don't yeah know how he's going to be but... coming back soon yeah, like he, I know he had a press conference yesterday. All was going well with his rehab, so he's um, you know, so so he'll be back soon. So yeah, there's a lot for them to figure out, but that's good. That's good to see. And you know, obviously, we're gonna kind of, you know, I'm sure you guys have kind of been the dead horse already with how bad kind of the whole the Yankees are doing and how we go from really being the best team in the league to the worst team in the league. It's just um. It's just, it's just, uh, embarrassing, embarrassing, pathetic, and, pathetic and just outright, um, I'm ashamed. I, I, I am. It's just, it's not, I think that one, I think Hicks needs to, Hicks needs to go. Donaldson is, we are just pissing away money with this contract now with mm-hmm. Donaldson. It's just, all right, whatever. Honestly, now I, I, I look at it, I think. Like I, I really don't know who won the trade, right? Who won that Twins the Yankees trade, right? I, on one hand, right, we're winning, but on the same hand, Donaldson's terrible. I Cap is doing okay, but then Gary and um, Gio are like they're average, so it's like, but they're not. I don't think they're really in the. Um, or I'd say no, they probably are. They actually are leading their division, so I think they're probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, I don't know, but we. I think in terms of Donaldson, like the the the, the twins got out of a bad deal, so yeah. I don't um I don't know what that one. But yeah. I I mean I mean Trevino has arbitration for the next three years, and then he hits free agency at the age of thirty three. So if we're if we're just looking at based off of that, then you can argue that yeah, the Yankees won the trade because I think we have Donaldson for next year, and then I think he can get bought out. So no, no, was, yeah, no, next year, and then he's a free agent. Like the contract. oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, e- even better. You know, we don't gotta buy him out or anything. So we'll have two years of Trevino without Donaldson and throwing away money with him. So really, after next year, you can look at it as yeah, we're we're gonna win that trade. 
it's just hurting us right now having to pay Donaldson all that money. Mm, yeah. It just yeah, it just sucks because he's not playing. Like defensively, he's doing fine, right? No problems mm-hmm. defensively. It's offensively where where it's the problem. Cause it's just like you go up to the plane, you're like, he's gonna strike out. And it's like, oh two, you're just like, you're just waiting for it. It's like Joey Gallo at this point now, right? Yep. You know? So it's just it's just bad. And you just hope that this doesn't, you know, hopefully they write the ship because you know, the face of the game is on our team and you know. He's got a contract to figure out next offseason, so I don't know. We'll uh it's all it's all up in the air. But moving on to a team that is in Dom's division and is, you know, kind of taking over baseball right now. The Dodgers are are red hot, uh winning twelve in a row, even though it just got uh snapped by the Royals of all teams, mm-hmm. uh shut them out for nothing. But they do lose Walker Mueller for the year. And this is a big blow. As much as as hot as this team is, losing a pitcher of Bueller's caliber is huge for playoff purposes only because he's done for the year. You have then, okay, you have Tony Goslin, Clayton Kershaw, but he's getting he's getting old, right? His his art, right? It's wear and tear on him. Uh Julio Urias, okay. It's been okay, you know, but he does have his moments. Um, Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're being good this year, but do you want to see that in a playoff game? I wouldn't. I mean, not really. And that's why people are saying now, right? I mean, the Mets are red hot right now. Are they, you know, they're looking like the clear. I, I said this. I said if they stay afloat when DeGrom comes back, they're going to take off. Yeah, I think Degrom gets hurt within the next three starts, and they'll be done for. I think it's Braves Astros by clear, uh, clear, clear Broadway now. You, I are you thinking because of how like, and and I and I and I and I do understand it, right? Degrom is throwing hard. He's gonna not again. not not like in terms of like his fastball, but like the I think what really hurts him physically, not not metaphorically, is mm-hmm. how much speed. And grip, he's putting on his his because I talked to my PT about this. Like, how do they? How do these pitchers get injured so quickly? It's because obviously there's no grip, right? There's no more sticky stuff. So the more the more grip you need to put on the ball, the more stress you're putting on your tendons in your elbow. Yeah. And because he's throwing it as hard as he is, right? He's throwing a start at 94 miles an hour. That's, yeah, that that's, that's not, not that's not that's not normal. You you shouldn't be doing that. Slash should be, you know, you're off speed where you're throwing at 80, 70 miles an hour, but the harder he's throwing, he's putting a lot more strain on his elbow. So you are right. There is potential of him doing it again. Yeah. He'll get hurt. And DeGrom's a sensation to watch. We know that. Yeah. It's just, I know they got Scherzer. Chris Bassett, I like, but he is hittable. Yep. Taiwan Walker, he could be good one night, bad the next. The Mets have been really good. Their offense, I do think, is underrated despite Guillaume going to the IL. I forget for what exactly, uh, but just with the Mets, that that Degrom stuff, it, enjoy it while you can. He's just gonna get hurt again, um, and, and he's then, a free agent too. Yeah, he's a yep. free agent. And then L.A., enjoy the regular season while you can, baby. Because with Bueller, without him, I think they're choking. I really do. And now Kershaw's getting old; he's injury prone. Dustin May comes back, but they gotta really keep it easy on that kid. He hasn't pitched in almost two years. Yeah. Uh-huh. So keep that in mind. Their bullpen is very suspect. 
I think the Dodgers bats get so cold once that playoff atmosphere hits, except for like Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner, I think will leave this offseason too. So, you know, Dodgers can enjoy this regular season all they can because I do think uh, at the end of the day, any sleeper team, I'll probably regret saying this, but I got the Brewers being the sleeper team in that NL. Uh, they can make headway, but Dodgers are done. They're cooked. Walker Bueller being hurt. Uh, kiss, kiss it goodbye. And yeah. and and Dan, Danny Duffy's not going to come back this year. He had a setback yeah. earlier today, and exactly. they they came out and said he's not coming back. Because your offense can only do so much. Look what it yep. did when the Braves actually had really good pitching, and then Mookie Betts came out with the excuse like, "Oh, we weren't ready for India." Like, oh crap, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So. The offense, let it do what it does in this season, but it's going to go into shambles. Uh, I'd be shocked if they won this this playoff World Series, everything. I mean, yeah, and also you have to understand, too, and I think, you know, going back to the Yankees, I think I, as much as the fans and I think Major League Baseball are kind of like, whoa, like what's going on in panic mode? It's a marathon, not a sprint. This was going to mm-hmm. happen at some point. It was just a matter of when, right? Yep. And I think the fans were getting a little bit spoiled and, you know, about how well we're doing. But I kind of said it. I said, look, as much as we're winning and that it was great, they're not still, they're still doing the things that were problems in the past, right? In terms of, right, hitting the long ball and all that stuff, right? Not scoring yep. with runs of scoring position in clutch situations. Even though it would happen more frequently than past years, it was still an issue. Um, and I think kind of Judge doing what he was doing and Stan and Rizzo were masking the issues of Hicks and Donaldson, um, not so much Gallo because you really couldn't mask what he was doing in New York. Um, but those guys, but that was masking and it's and the pitching too at the time. And I think more than ever, I think you know you said Jeff and one of the times that we do need Stan back badly because mm-hmm. he just adds another element and dynamic and protection for not only Judge but Rizzo too. Knowing that when you face Rizzo, who's right behind him? Stan, not Donaldson. Oh, yep. God, but but anyway, um, moving on because we just keep being the, the, this Yankee uh, thing down to the ground. Um, interesting news that came out of Texas, and it's not uh, Houston, Texas. It's Arlington, Texas. Uh, the Texas Rangers fired their manager Chris Woodward um, after a very disappointing start. Um, or I should say just overall season, they are not contending for the AL West. They're under 500. And after spending almost half a billion dollars between two players, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, and I think we all kind of said this in the offseason where it was like they're kind of, it's like deja vu to 2001 again, where they kind of gave A-Rod all the money and they still didn't do anything. They gave two guys all this money and they're not doing anything. Nothing's happening. And they're the stuck. And they're stuck with the both contracts. No one's gonna want those contracts, right? I think Corey Seeger, I think, yeah, I think he'll produce, but Marcus Simeon, man. Oh One my year god. Wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's been oof. They're gonna they're, it's gonna be bad. Seeger's been pretty bad, but he's had some hot streaks. Simeon. Ooh, mama. You win. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he yep. yeah he, he's not doing well, and um, and Jeff, I know you probably 
think that, you know, they're just probably just gonna, I mean, I mean, what do you think of the whole thing? I mean, do you think that, do you think they'll ever figure it out with those two guys? Or do you think it's kind of a foreground click? Cause they do have, I mean, I will say this, they do have Jack Leiter yeah. down, down on the farm. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. I, it's a really tough situation for them right now because they went all in, in terms of what I think they can do right now. And, it's not going to be remotely close to enough to contend with the Astros or the Mariners, or if the angels ever decide they want to play baseball. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. there, there, there's not much they can do really with the group of guys they have right now. Um, and yeah, you know, they, they have guys in the farm system that can come up and, you know, they can give him that push, you know, I mean, just look at what Adley Rutschman has done to the Orioles, but that's still, mm -hmm. a that's still a core group of guys who they weren't a bad squad. They just weren't able to put everything together and really rally as a team. Now they're doing that with Rushman. I can't see that happening with the Rangers by, by miles. I cannot see it happening with them right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I still feel like they're a generation of players away from really putting it together, or at least until the Astros stop their reign of supremacy over, quite honestly, the the entire AL. You know, as, as long as the Astros are going to stand on top of the of the league, no one else in that division, much less the Texas Rangers, are going to stand a chance of doing much of anything. The Mariners are seeing it right now. That's a good ball club that's suffering because they have to play against the Astros. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, I think what's very important, and I think what a lot of baseball teams should probably do, and I think you know it, it goes back to what you said about Corvaz, is that, look, the Orioles are kind of building from within and building from the ground and building a mm -hmm. core foundation to the point where you said they had all the pieces, and I know they got rid of Trey Mancini, which was... It kind of sucked, but I think they did what was best for not only the organization, but for him. You know, he is getting a little bit older, so you know, bring him to a winning yeah. club, they get some prospects back. But they're they're building something that's very team oriented and team based, rather than it having it not be kind of like, oh, well, we just got two stars on our teams, and they're just going to kind of do their own thing and not come together as a team, right? Because you go back to I was referencing the Yankees, but like. But this was something prevalent in the documentary that Jeter said where it's like that dynasty run, it was always about the team, right? As much as they became they became stars because of that team, it was always about the team. The moment that it became about, you know, when when they got A-Rod and then Gary Sheffield came on the team and Jason Giambi and Pavano and I'm trying to think of others and Randy Johnson, right? It became more about kind of the stars, right? And this, they're not, they weren't really about coming together as a team. And I think maybe that's the issue with Texas. You know, you have these two guys and then they're like, all right, well, we're just going to kind of do our own thing. And hopefully our other team can produce rather than rally the troops together. Like you guys said in Baltimore and make, and build something special, which I think is happening in Maryland. And I think next year they're going to real be a force in the AL East. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we know Texas has done this before with the failure of free agent big signings. Uh, it's happening again, too. It's just it's it's just a shame. But at the same time, I'm not surprised. They need pitching and they need offense. Although this Garcia is OK, it's not great. And yeah, they got to really figure it out all around because 
besides those two, I would say like Jonah Heim is a promising player that they have behind the plate. Otherwise than that, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I can't even name you like the whole roster. I, I can't. Yep. So, and it's not even like you got to get superstars. It's just a matter of these guys aren't producing. And now with Woodward gone, which is so funny, he's probably still bitching about the whole tattoo swing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot he was the guy that had bitched yeah, about the whole Yeah, he was the, the guy. Thing. I laughed when uh, I saw the firing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, Texas, we got to see what they could do. Who knows? Maybe with one manager gone and a new one potentially coming in as a replacement, maybe that's all it takes. But they need to do something when it comes to just saving their money a little bit. And seeing how these prospects pan out, so and take about... Marcus Semien out of the leadoff spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how much they have room to wiggle room to work with on that. I, I think I think they just like rolling the dice, like all right, whatever. Probably gonna get another top ten, top five pick in the draft. So who gives a crap? Uh, anyway, uh, then we got one more topic to talk about. I think Jeff, you put in last minute fantasy updates. Yep, let me pull up the fantasy right now. So last week it was me. Playing Anthony and I came out on top 354 to 278. And that means it was Dom playing Tommy and Dom ended up coming out on top 291 to 230. Really low scoring affair, that one. And this week we have myself going against Tommy right now that scores 8455 in favor of me. And Dom it's currently up on Anthony right now, 120 to 61. Uh, the standings as far as uh, league standings are concerned, Dom is up in the West, which is comprised of me and Dom, uh, by one game. And Tommy is up one game in the East ahead of Anthony right now. And I believe Dom said we have, what, like two weeks left of regular season? Like two, three yeah, weeks? Two weeks left. I think I face, uh, it's, I think I face even better. No, I think I face you next week and then Tommy the following. I thought I'd be wrapping up to where who gets first seed, second seed the last week. That would have been really cool. Yeah, it, it it's going to come down to the wire in terms of the seeding and who's going to have to play who. And then, yeah, we'll go from there and see what happens. That's true. I mean, you might as well just put you know, everything in my name because I'm going to win. So. <laughs> you wish. Between two. Watch Anthony wins. No offense, Anthony. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all we got, I guess, for uh, fantasy purposes. But it was, it's been a good been a good run i've won three streets so oh yeah yeah there's that yeah i mean i uh yeah i think yeah, i think that's all we uh yeah that's all we got i don't think there's anything much more to kind of talk about i think this week or i think for this episode pools hit two bombs he's at 689 yeah yeah i don't think i think he gets to like 692 it's gonna be my answer it'll be close it'll be very close that's it yeah what do you got Jim? yeah i i i can't see him doing it at this point uh he he has to have a judge kind of run yeah. uh, this last month and a half or so of the season in order to get 700, and I I don't think he's got it in him. I really don't. Of course, he could go to go to Tatis and ask him, hey, uh, what stuff did you shoot up in your arm? Let me have some of it. Oh, oh here we <laughs> go. <laughs> I guess I could probably close it out because right now his Wi-Fi or my Wi-Fi here seems to be uh bugging a little bit so sorry anthony you're just really chippy i don't know if jeff you can hear him so that's all we got for the show anthony great host uh great hosting so good stuff tommy have a very safe flight back from vancouver you're going to be jet lagged like crazy i'll be experiencing that in a few weeks flying back from california so it should be cool i'll have to keep you guys posted 
I'll be checking out Oracle Park. It's going to be pretty exciting. Hopefully the Padres actually win something for once in my life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's that. So we'll see you guys next week. Please give uh, the social media platforms and everything a follow. That would be greatly appreciated. And leave us a five-star review by any chance. So thank you guys for listening. And we will be back next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.